When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working, and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality, and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, it's Anne-Marie again with you today, and today is episode 153. Joining me on the show is Jim Palmer. Now, Jim is a marketing and business building expert and in-demand coach. He's also the founder of Dream Biz Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. He's also the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show watched by thousands of entrepreneurs and small business owners. Jim's recently launched his book, Decide, The Ultimate Success Trigger, which he believes to be his most important book yet. Why? Because none of the skills and talents that you possess or even seek to learn will help you create your dream business until and unless you unleash the ultimate success trigger. Entrepreneurs face hundreds of choices every single day and the most important thing is actually quite difficult for many entrepreneurs, which is deciding. It's around making a decision, yes or no, but not maybe. So this book is about the importance and business building power that comes when you have the ability to decide. And on today's show, Jim's going to be sharing how head trash will hold you back, why being good is good enough, and why you need to delegate. So welcome to the show, Jim. Oh, Anne-Marie, it's a pleasure to be on your program. Thank you. (laughs) Now, you've got this incredible book out that you've launched, and we're going to share later on how people can get a copy of that. And your book talks a lot about the importance of making fast decisions. So why is that so important? One thing a growing business loves, Anne-Marie, is momentum. And when you're able to make uh, faster decisions and basically keep the progress moving forward, businesses can grow. Now, in reality, not every business decision we're going to make works out. But the fact of the matter is when you've got a growing business and if you want to just picture the snowball at the top of the hill, it gets bigger and bigger. You could take hits. You could bump into a rock. Somebody could take a gouge out of your your big Mm -hmm. snowball as it keeps going. But it's going to be hard to stop because of the momentum. One thing that slows down growth is indecision. Indecision just leads to being paralyzed. Sometimes there's the expression paralysis by analysis and Mm -hmm. people that can't make decisions very often often see slow to no growth in their business. And, you know, I've studied this for quite some time. I've been in business for quite a while. And I've discovered, I've, I've, it's curious when I started this book, Henry, I tried to look for one thing or what's the really big thing that separates highly successful entrepreneurs from ordinary entrepreneurs. And for the most part, I, I saw two things. For one, they just have an 
abundance of confidence. They don't lack confidence. They don't lack the will or drive. And again, this comes into play because they also really have an uncanny ability to recognize opportunity and assess a situation or even a challenge and then make a decision. And as you said, rightly so, decide yes or no, but not maybe. You know, sometimes as entrepreneurs, when a business decision is ahead of us, we can tend to hide behind, I'm going to do some research, I'm going to analyze that, which turns into procrastination, which then turns into, well, the decision is taken away from you, you don't need to make that anymore, because the opportunity has passed you by. And I think that so many of us can relate to that. Whatever fear, whatever apprehension is around that, as you said, and as this book helps us, make a decision. Yes, no, but never maybe that indecision is going to keep us stuck. I love the term that you use in your book, Squishyville. I've never heard that before. So please share with us a little bit more about what Squishyville is and and how this can show up for us. Well, you never heard it before because I completely made it up. <laughs> a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to think about that. or I'm, I'm, How's that going? Well, I've got that on the back burner. The back burner, I mean, I, so Squishyville in basically is the back burner. But when I wanted to come up with a more powerful term for that because you could actually think, you know, if you were a cook, putting something on the back burner to simmer is not necessarily bad because you're focusing on other things. But in business, when you put things on the back burner, it's just like we're so busy. We have so many demands on our time and our calling for our attention that when things go on the back burner, you know all too well, Anne-Marie, we don't come back and visit them. Mm. Oddly enough, when this is probably um, – I think this is one of my 28th or 29th interview for the book. But I talked with somebody a, a couple of weeks ago, Anne-Marie, and he said, you know, Jim, he was in the social media space. And he said, I had an idea a couple of years ago, and when I came to revisit it again about six months ago, it didn't make sense anymore. And you know how fast things change. Now, business in general changes, right? But if you look at things like the social media world, things change in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And what's relevant today or what's relevant two years ago may not be relevant today. And and so that's why it just, in every way, shape, and form, you've just got to decide and move forward. Mm. Do you know, uh, Jim, as you're talking, I, I recall a couple of conversations, and I'm sure you've got lots of stories too. One in particular was here about a, a gentleman who was approached by two other potential business partners, and they shared with him, you know, we've got this idea, we're going to build this, and this is before technology really took off, we're going to build this online technology where people, job seekers, can go and find jobs, and also advertisers, so companies who are looking for jobs can advertise on the internet. We can marry the two together and provide this platform. Anyway, the third person who they approached said, "Mm, you know what, I don't think that I'm going to participate in this. It was $1,500 capital investment. He said, you know what, I really don't think it's going to take off. I mean, the newspapers and so forth, they are just huge. They've cornered that market. Do you know, I don't know how many years later, that turned into one of Australia's largest job-seeking network, you know, boards worth multi, multi multi-million dollars. Now, can you imagine that guy who kind of was in Squishyville and thought, you know what, (laughs) not really sure, but it's just kind of like, wow, I wish he had really taken and used that kind of intuition to go, you know what, I'm going to say yes to that rather than indecide and and not really move forward. I'm sure you've got lots of uh, stories like that too. 
Oh my God. Can you imagine how many people that, for instance, in this country, Fred Smith started a company called Federal Express, which is mm. now called FedEx, in the late 70s. And you know, how many people did he approach and said, yeah, I, I can't start with a single Cessna and see how it goes. I need to buy multiple DC-9 jets <laughs> and fly them across the country. Sometimes we might only have 10 overnight envelopes at $20 a piece, but this thing's going to go big. I mean, you know, it takes a special kind of person to really go all in when you believe in the idea. And that's really what it comes down to in large part is do you believe the idea either you're being invited to participate in or invest in or most important. Importantly, Anne-Marie, do you believe in the idea that you have? Are you so committed that what you have is of ultimate value? It's going to be a great experience. Mm. You're going to make people's lives better. Then are you willing to invest in what I call the future growth and profitability, your dream business? Because if you're not willing to invest, it's not to say you can't be successful, but the road is going to be very, very long if you're going to try and build your business just based on cash flow. That's painfully slow. It is. It is. And and can be painful when you kind of see where the business has gone and you know that you had an opportunity to, to say yes. And this really leads perfectly into to the next question around the next topic. And you talk about head trash. And as we know, many entrepreneurs, and I can relate to this myself, has head trash. Talk about why it's important to take out the trash if we really want to accelerate the growth in our businesses. Head trash is a term, and I didn't invent it, but I've, I've been saying it for a long time. I don't know who first came up with it, but it's basically all of the thoughts and fears and apprehensions that we all have in ourselves. And what I think of head trash, Anne Marie, is like, in our brains, especially our subconscious mind, it's like a record, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a groove in there. And everything from the time you're born that you've witnessed or heard or been told or seen, it's all going into this recording up there. And that is, in a large part, that's where we're going to get the level of risk-taking that we're willing to do to invest in our business. Now, if everything you've tried never worked out, you're going to be playing it very, very safe. But there's a lot of head trash that is absolutely based on fear. I actually named several of the things that, you know, as much as six years ago and even a couple years ago, there were things that I knew someone in my position who's a coach and a speaker and things like that. There were things that I should have been doing earlier that I knew because all I had to do, Anne-Marie, is look at the other peers in, in the or mentors that I wanted to aspire to have a business like, and they were out there speaking. I had a huge fear of public speaking. They were becoming authors. I never went to school for writing. Mm-hmm. What if I write a book and everybody goes, what a piece of crap, and you don't even know how to complete a sentence properly? <laughs> you know. So there's all these thoughts that go through our heads. And so what if you're going to borrow money from a family member or a bank and your business goes bust and it doesn't work? What are people going to say about you? That's the head trash mm-hmm. that holds people back. And when you look at people who are highly successful, whether, again, whether it's uh, Donald Trump or even Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson, you look at people like that, the one thing that they have in common, even if they're different personalities, they do not lack for confidence. They are willing to face their fears and to step forward, even if they don't know where their foot's going to land right off the bat. They're going on faith that what they're doing is going to work out. And that's the difference maker when you're looking at, if if there was a thousand entrepreneurs in a room, I guarantee 900 of them or 980 of them are much more that they're of the breed to play it safe. And there's going to be maybe, you know, two to three or 4% that are out there just putting it all on the line and not winning every time, but winning enough so that it, 
builds them a very nice business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everybody, even the Richard Bransons and, and so many of the, the well-known you know, businesses of, of today, they probably had kind of doubts and, and things like that too. However, their steps that they took and surrounded themselves with mentors and, and people to, to really support them. So they were able to make quicker decisions. I'm not sure who said this, Jim, maybe you know, the saying is fail faster. I mean, even these guys and women that, that we know are, are successful business owners, they made decisions which did, did not quite turn out the way they'd expected. But you know what? They don't sort of sit there in the doldrums thinking, woe is me and beating themselves up. It's kind of like, right, dust ourselves off. What can we learn from this? Let's move forward and make better decisions moving forward. That's absolutely a, it's a great strategy. The other one, which goes a little bit back toward the mindset, Anne-Marie, is that they don't care necessarily what people think about them. Mm. So if there's people saying things or picking on them or making fun of them, they absolutely don't care. Now, it's not that they're rude people. They just don't have a, an insatiable appetite to feel liked and have other people approve what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that also holds a lot of that. Again, that's all under the head trash. You know, if, if you're afraid you're going to get criticized and people are going to say, oh, that didn't work out. Ha ha. Look at you. Well, guess what? I'm on to my next thing right now. Yeah. So the need for approval and, and constant feedback in a, in a positive way only really holds people back also. One other thing that here is very prevalent and not sure whether you've got the same terminology in the US there, Jim, but I'm sure many US listeners can relate to this. It's what we call here in Australia the tall poppy syndrome. And it's when, have you heard of that that saying before? No, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you're, what, oh, how you're okay. going to describe it. So that is actually the opposite. It's when people are and business owners, they are making great decisions. They are being very successful in their business. And then what happens is we have the envious, the people who just like to tear other people down. They go out there and criticize them. And so really, someone is or has been victim of the tall poppy syndrome, it's not nice when you've got a group of people or one in particular that continues just to really bring you down by saying negative things. And it's all around envious, you know, being envious. That jealousy, it, which is really It's a great sad. expression. Wow, mm-hmm. I love that. You know, and there's actually um, one chapter in my book is called Decide to be Immune to Criticism because, mm-hmm. as you say, criticism is everywhere. And here's the thing. The higher you go, you know, in, in your success on the success ladder, the more you are going to be susceptible to criticism because the higher you go, the more you have a, a visible personality. Mm-hmm. And especially in this day and age, Anne-Marie, you know, with, with social media and things like that. And this used to bother me. When I, I've been doing videos, I'm almost into my sixth year of doing weekly videos. I've now authored six books. I'm out there doing a lot of different stuff. Again, I, I think my books, and I, I kind of rest on the fact that there's great content. I don't proclaim to be a fantastic writer. So, I, you know, a lot of it boils down to the people who will criticize you. They have the time to criticize you because they've got nothing going on in their lives right now. <laughs> and so other than me feeling sorry for them because they don't got anything going on, mm-hmm. I dismiss that criticism. And so, again, it comes down to you should not have a need for constant approval of others. There's an expression here. We'll see if this one's in uh, your country. The higher up the flagpole you go, the more your butt's going to hang out, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because the view is better up there. Mm-hmm. And so – 
I will fully attest that it is off-putting when someone starts taking shots at you. I'll never forget when I was doing videos and when I first started including my dog, Toby, in the videos. And somebody really took me to task. I mean, in an email in read, it must have taken them half an hour to write about how inappropriate it was for me to use my dog as a prop and things. I mean, are you serious? Are you kidding me? <laughs> first of all, people love Toby and, and it's a real connection point, which is a bigger marketing lesson there. But yeah. people will take shots at you for anything and you have to put up your wall of immunity Mm -hmm. yes I don't know if you listen or or follow Michael Hyatt I uh, love his his work and he was saying in one of his recent podcasts he was talking about criticism when he still had comments on his uh, blog anyway he said you know I could have a hundred positive positive comments there and I could have one that is a negative he said and, and I can spend more time worrying about that one comment than all of the other 100 put together and I think what you're saying is so important we need to really just allow that to slide off us because if we allow those those negative criticisms which really is it's an indication of where that person is in their life on where they are on their life's journey it's around the mindset that they have it has often nothing to do with where we are and and we're probably just exacerbating the stuckness that they're in. And that's why they're, they're lashing out. So. Yeah. Now, so we're talking a lot of uh, theory and mindset stuff, all which is good. But I want to give somebody who's listening a concrete step that they can take if they're getting criticized. So I developed this. I call it a two, it's my two-step filter. So number one, if somebody's criticizing me, I immediately ask, is it somebody I know, somebody that I respect? And, and then the second part is, is it somebody who has, who has uh, well-known credentials in that area? So, for example, let's say that I was putting out something like a direct mail piece. And direct mail is, is certainly a, a different type of advertising than brand building, right? So mm-hmm. somebody who might be just a brand builder who's used to putting a big logo and a happy face on a can of soda or something. And then direct response marketing – if you're not familiar with it, there's a big headline, a catchy picture. In other words, you got to catch people's attention. There's usually an offer, a fair amount of copy and things like that. So if somebody said, oh, Jim, that is ugly. I can't see that doing anything. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, holy crap. Is it going to bomb? And then I realized, first of all, I don't know who they are. Second of all, I don't value their opinion. And third of all, which is the second step, is they don't have the credentials to give me an opinion of which I should even listen to. Mm-hmm. Now, if it was somebody like Dan Kennedy or somebody who's a really great copywriter and he says, Jim, just want to let you know this, that, and the other thing, I'd say, whoa, I better pay attention here mm-hmm. because you know you can learn things from mentors. So the first thing is, do you know them? Is it somebody whom you trust? And even if you know and trust them, like it could be your spouse, your significant other. And if they don't have a background of training in the area that you're – like with your radio show, The Ambitious Entrepreneur, suppose somebody listened to it, Anne-Marie, that was in your family, maybe a cousin or something, they go, I don't understand X, Y, and Z, and it's, I just don't know how you could even do that. You know, suppose somebody was, mm-hmm. well, they have no training. They have no idea why people listen, how they're connecting with So it's just an opinion. People feel inspired and they feel entitled to share their opinion. So you have to let it roll off the duck's back, so to speak. You absolutely do. Those are great, great steps and I think would be very, very helpful in being able to discern, is this a piece of criticism that I need to just let roll off my or is it one that I can really leverage and impact positively in my business? Jim, we're just going to take a very, very short break. And when we come back, I want to talk more about something else that I know many ambitious entrepreneurs struggle with, and that is on perfection. So back in a sec. 
you have a mission, a passion to help others, which was why you became a coach. Helping a client overcome their struggles empowers you. However, when it comes to how much money your business is making, well, that's far from inspiring and empowering. In fact, you wonder what's stopping you from making more money in your business. You struggle to attract quality, high-paying clients, and you often lay awake at night worrying about money and wondering if there's a way to change this. Guess what? There is. One of the first steps is by changing your attitude towards money. How? By accessing our free mini training, Discover Your Money Story, the first and often missing step to healing your relationship with money and financial freedom. Go to discoveryourmoneystory.com. That's discoveryourmoneystory.com, the first step to your financial freedom. And welcome back. Of course, we're speaking with Jim Palmer all about the ultimate success trigger for your business. And uh, what we're going to dive into now is a topic I know many of us can relate to, and that is all around perfection. And I know, Jim, in your book, Decide, one of the chapters is about our need to be perfect and how that can slow down our progress. So you talk about good is good enough. Share more mm-hmm. about that. Sure. You know, Anne-Marie, again, when we, when we first started chatting, I mentioned um, growing businesses love momentum. Perfection is a business killer. It's a momentum killer because if your goal is perfection, you're going to be just at it forever because there's ultimately no such thing as, as perfect, except in gymnastics, you know, where you get a perfect 10 or something. Mm-hmm. But in business, perfection, again, it's the enemy of progress. So there's a term that I heard. It's called good is good enough. It does not mean, and some people take this the wrong way, so I want to clarify. It doesn't mean you put out shoddy or careless work. What it means is you put out the best work you can, and then you pull the trigger and launch and go. And then if necessary, you can course correct as you move forward. But it is one of the areas where a lot of entrepreneurs feel overwhelmed. Again, all of this circles back to the whole thing of confidence and head trash and and fear of being criticized. I'll tell you a quick story how I became aware of this concept. In 2009, I wrote my first book. It was called The Magic of Newsletter Marketing. It took me about a year to write, but I was about 16 or 17 months into it. And, and I'm just, I'm going back and forth and back and forth. And every chance I'd get, I'd go and read it again. I'd, oh, missing a comma here. Oh, I should have this. You know what I mean? And I wasn't going to put this book out with my name on the cover until this thing was perfect because I don't want to be criticized. And I went to this conference and there was about a thousand people there. And the person who was started talking about good is good enough, he goes, let me give you an example as it relates to being an author. So my ears perked up, Anne-Marie, mm-hmm. and he goes, if somebody goes in a bookstore and they see your book on the shelf, nice cover, interesting title, and it, it's catchy, they buy the book. So at least you've sold a book. And if the book is any good with content, maybe you'll get a client out of it. That's good. Now, for all you people who have that book that's sitting in your word processor because you're looking for the very last missing comma or where you might have spelled Sun, S-O-N instead of S-U-N or something like that, you're never going to go anywhere because nobody's even going to be aware that you have a book. And I literally published my book about three weeks after that. And this book I just wrote, Decide, I wrote in 60 days. And I actually talk about this in the chapter. And so people, again, I'm going to give you kind of, so that's kind of the mindset and theory part. Let me give you a strategy to kind of take your mindset so you'll be okay with the occasional misspelling or even a grammar. I actually say right in the beginning, I am not a professional author. I didn't go to journalism. 
journalism school or writing school. I was actually encouraged to write books to start sharing some of my information. So for me, Anne-Marie, in my head, I choose to be judged on the quality of the content, the quality of the information, marketing help, and things like that that I'm putting out. If you're going to choose to judge me on the quality of my um, writing style, you may not like me if that's you. Even the fact that I employ editors and things like that, they do help me. But I insist on getting that book out there so it can help people. I'm not interested in perfection. I'm interested in performance. Yes, I love that. So very important. And I think for those listeners who've got a book sitting on their word processor, do what Jim did. Get it out there so that your ideal client can shift and transform in in whatever area of expertise you're sharing with them. Good, good tip. Now, Jim, you also write about how entrepreneurs should be their authentic self at all time. I love that and I really support that too. So describe what you mean about our authentic selves. When you are your authentic self, who you really are, like every day, you will start attracting more of the right target audience. Now, the flip side of that, Anne-Marie, is as you become more of who you are and stop putting up kind of this professional brand or this corporate persona, so to speak, you might repel a few people, but that's okay. I guarantee you, you're going to attract a lot more of the people who are meant to do business with you than you'll repel, okay? Mm -hmm. People become afraid. I don't want to repel. Look, if your goal is to please everybody, you're not going to have a successful business, so get over that. And so I like in this, in a especially again in this digital age of, I mean, our planet is ever connected and there is no more personal brand or professional brand. There's no, for example, nine to five Jim or nine to five Anne-Marie. And then when you clock out, you go get to put your feet up and just hang back with your t-shirt and your cocktail, whatever you want to do, right? Because people will find out about that. And so one of the examples I give in the book is, let's say there's a young couple, they have a brand new baby and six months goes by and they both uh, husband and wife work and so they, they're looking to hire a nanny and so they go through a bunch of you know searches they come down to whittle it down to two people good resumes they have really good face-to-face interviews in their home and they go well how do we make a decision and husband says well let's jump on the computer and do a little googling just to see what comes up and one of the potential nannies we're just going to say she's let's say she's like a 19 year old college student and on her facebook page or on her blog are pictures of wild parties that she has. Now, I can immediately know some people that are listening in are going, hey, that's their private life. You can't judge that. And I'll say, okay, that's fair. However, it's being done. If you think your potential employees or potential prospective customers, clients, patients, whatever, are not checking you out, you're wrong. And so you just have to accept that if people are going to judge a book by its cover, it's a fact of life. And so for me, I found out when I started doing the videos in 2009, I was a little nervous, to be honest with you, because before then, the entrepreneur, we could hide behind our websites and the blog, the written word, even your book. And but even when you started doing audios, remember when you could put, start putting audios on websites? That was pretty cool because now they could hear your voice. But you could still record it. Nobody saw you. And all of a sudden when you're doing videos now, people can see how your facial expressions are. They can see if you just kind of wipe your head or scratch your nose or something. And so when I started doing these videos, Anne-Marie, I wanted to be the consummate businessman. 
And so I kept a very straight face, very businesslike, and I would deliver what I call, you know, my smart marketing and business building advice. And it felt very unauthentic because I'm just, I am such a low key guy. I mean, other than going to church or a wedding or funeral, I'd just as soon be in shorts and a t shirt. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love to laugh and have a good time. I mean, the way I'm talking with you now, this is how I am all the time. And so I, what happened is, I started doing videos just to choose a different location other than my desk and this typical headshot. So we like to kayak and we have a, a lake right near our house. And so I have this little camera with a tripod, Henry, and I would set it in the cup holder right in front of me and I would turn it on and I would start delivering some information. I thought I'm still being professional, but I thought it would be kind of interesting, add a little bit of an entertainment factor. And so I'm getting ready to shoot one of my videos. And as I'm getting in the lake, I slipped on some of that green slippery stuff that's on the rocks, moss or something. And I fell in and got all wet. (laughs) And I was really cold because it was April and it was still pretty chilly here. So I'm starting to paddle. I'm doing the episode. And I'm delivering what I thought would be a good business piece of advice. And Anne-Marie, there's a little voice in my head. You probably have it all the time telling you things. Hey, say this, say that, right? Mm -hmm. And so the little voice in my head said, tell him what just happened, Jim. So I said, you know, I got to let you know if if it looks like I'm turning blue and shivering, it's because I fell in the lake and blah, blah, blah. And up to that point, I'd been doing videos maybe three or four months and one or two comments here and there. And, but, you know, I, I understand the need to get traction. But all of a sudden, I got like a dozen or 15 emails and comments. Oh, did anybody catch it? Is it going to be on Funniest Home Videos yeah, or, yeah. you know, something like that? And what I realized is that when I just let them see a little bit more of who I really am, a little bit of a klutz, I guess, or just, you know, just the not the less than professional gym, I really made a connection with people. So now when I do videos, I'm walking around the lake, I got my dog Toby with me, and we're on my boat, or we're doing this or that. I just choose to be authentic. And that actually attracts people because people really want to get to know you. Mm. You know the expression, people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. Well, I can know you and trust you based on your knowledge and some of the information you share as a coach or an advisor or a mentor, but I'm really going to like you when I get to learn about you, something other than the type of suit you wear. Mm. We we relate to you then, don't we? And I think those personal stories and, and situations you just described really do build that level of connection that uh, people are looking for. So great, great, great example. So Jim, how can people find out more about you and get a copy of your book? Well, thanks for asking. So I'll give two websites, my home base kind of website, because I don't even, I think I'm like 30 websites for all the different programs, but getjimpalmer.com, www.getjimpalmer.com. And from there, you'll see quick, easy links to my TV show, my podcast, and my different books and programs. But Decide book is available. And, you know, right now we're giving away, this is kind of a cool, Anne-Marie, I've never done this before with my other, other five books, but we're giving away free copies, not a digital download an actual will mail you a paperback copy of my book for free mm. the only thing we're asking is that you pick up the shipping and handling it's 6.95 and we'll mail you a copy of my book for free and to get one of those you just need to go to decideforsuccessbook.com www.decideforsuccessbook.com 
Fantastic. And of course, we'll put all of the links to the websites on our show notes, Jim, so that people can click across there as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It really was wonderful to speak with you. And I think everybody really should get a copy of your book because I know, and I know many listeners and the comments that they've shared over the years, decision and and doing that quickly and, and decisively is something that they struggle with, as is perfection. So I know that there's going to be lots and lots of great content in this book to support us in taking our business to the next level through helping us decide yes no and get rid of those those indecision and those maybes well thanks Anne I, I love your show ambitious entrepreneur you got great content and i could listen to your voice for for six hours at least <laughs> oh, so you. i appreciate being on your show fantastic so there you go today's show notes can be found at uh, ambitious entrepreneur network.com forward slash a e s one five three go and get a copy of that book because I know that uh, we can all struggle with indecision. Now, if this is the first time that you're joining us on the show, it really has been an honor to spend the last 30 minutes with you. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. Just like Jim the today, we expert, other expert guests are always joining us and uh, to support you in growing your business and taking it to the next level. And while you're there on iTunes, would you do us a favor by liking and by commenting and by rating the show, you help us get our message out to many other ambitious entrepreneurs, some of them who work on their own and would love to connect with other like-minded business owners. So go ahead and do that. We'd appreciate it. Till next time, have a fantastic week. This is Anne-Marie. Bye for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.